I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. Well, that was one of the most hilarious shit shows I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I know everybody's talking about the debate um, the day after. I'm recording this the day after the debate. I'm not going to talk so much. Well, I mean, I'm going to talk about it a little bit about what I think. Um, But I'm also I want to discuss how agorists, anarchists, libertarians can turn this into a victory for for them. And uh, what I what I see is a real possibility for the future for all of us moving forward. So let's get into the debate a little bit. All right. So Biden and Trump, I'm trying to think of how I want to approach this because it was, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. The entire thing was pretty fucking ridiculous. And so Trump, went in with a strategy that his entire strategy was he was going to disrupt that I'm, I'm the disruptor. I'm staying with that. I'm that's who I am. I'm the disruptor. He flabbergasted Biden. He got under Biden's skin. Obviously Biden t- calling him a clown twice a liar, um, telling him to shut up. He, he was definitely under Biden's skin. Biden thought it appeared that Biden thought he was going to fight Trump in the trenches and and use Trump's strategy against Trump, which I don't think necessarily worked. And a lot of the people are saying that Biden won, but Biden just looked completely defeated um, throughout the debate. He, he seemed like he was tired. He was out of breath. He was exasperated he was flabbergasted and he didn't really try to appeal to the decorum crowd those that really appreciated Barack Obama's ability to be a politician which I thought is what he should have done I thought he should have been I'm the rise above guy I'm going to rise above your tactics and who you are, and I'm going to talk policy and how I'm going to correct your wrongs. And I'm not going, but he got into a mudslinging competition, and I think that was a huge mistake. Um, The left is already, or Democrats are already begging Biden not to fucking debate again. And, um, the debate commission is changing the rules and it looks like the moderator is now going to have the ability to cut mics in order to stop the interruptions. But Trump did what Trump does. And, you know, I thought he made a strong showing in a couple of ways. All right. He wanted, he wants to, appear to be the people's president. So he's pointing at Biden saying, you want to, you want to continue lockdowns. I'm trying to open the country back up. I'm trying to 
get us into an economic recovery. You want to destroy the economy even further. Biden didn't have a really good comeback to that. He didn't say, I don't want to destroy the economy. What he said is, you can't fix the economy until you fix COVID. Well, you're not God, Biden. I'm sorry. It, it, that's just not a viable solution for most people. We can't be sitting around twiddling our fucking thumbs waiting on you to say, okay, we killed the, we killed the virus. So I, I thought that he failed in that aspect. I, I really didn't like the way he approached that. He should have had, he should have been more prepared for that specific um, instance. Biden did really well, I thought, in trying to address the American people. And, uh, but, you know, looking into the camera, trying to talk directly to the American people. Unfortunately, when he did that, it felt like it was because he had lost control of the narrative. And this was a desperate attempt to gain control. Trump did what Trump's base likes. He controlled the narrative. He controlled the tempo. He controlled the, uh, the tone uh, of, of the entire debate process. Um, he came across as the alpha of the two. Um, and he came across, you know, as the more authoritarian of the two. I didn't, you didn't get as much of the all shucks out of Biden as I thought you would have because of the way Trump attacked and, um, tried to steer the conversation and as predicted Chris Wallace um, was was framing questions from Biden's point of view from the media's point of view now so see this is something I've been suspecting and I think Trump understood this and um, I have a friend that listens that's a Trump supporter that said he thought Biden won the debate and Kind of, I mean, I disagree with him because I don't think anybody really won the debate. When you look at what debates are for, for um, you're, you're trying to, at least from my opinion, what you're trying to do is you're trying to target those undecided voters. And I don't think this debate changed anybody's minds. I don't think it it did anything. It it was all. Trump speaking to his base and Biden trying to trying. I, I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do, honestly. Um, I don't know what his. I couldn't figure out what Biden's strategy was going in other than try to attack Trump. And you're if you're trying to turn Trump's base on Trump by using Trump's tactics against him, you're sadly mistaken that's not going to work and that's because trump has serious alpha 
tendencies. And that's what they like. That's why they like him. Um, neither guy could get out of their own way in, in an attempt to speak to undecided voters, as far as I was concerned, the way I looked at it. What I thought Trump did most successfully, other than controlling the narrative and he controlled the pace and the tone of the debate, was I thought he was able to continue the anti-establishment kind of perception of himself, which I find interesting that that he's able to be the uh, be the president. You know, he's 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 running to for his second term, and he's still able to be the anti-establishment candidate. And that's because he has framed the argument in such a way that he is not debating or running against Joe Biden. He's running against the media. And he has successfully shaped the the debates to him versus the media talking points. And the reason he's interrupting so much from what I can tell is because Biden is going out there and he is spewing the mainstream media talking points. He's, he's, he's spewing the corporate press talking points and Trump understands that if he lets that go, people are going to Google and say, is this true? And the first thing that's going to pop up is a New York times article or a CNN article or Washington post article that confirms what Biden is saying. So he is trying to fight against that, that corporate narrative that's out there. And so he didn't, both of these guys are extremely inarticulate. To me, they come off both very petty and, and both of them come off as unlikable douchebags. Like serious. I, I just, I, I watched it and I laughed my ass off. I, I found it funny but I don't see how your average apolitical, you know, fence sitting, you know, American looks at this and goes, I don't know what the fuck these people are talking about. They I don't I don't know how anybody won with with your milk toast fence sitter. That's what I'm trying to say. So I thought it was uh I thought it was just a situation to where both people get the the support of their base. Um, anybody who didn't watch it, who's apolitical and a milk toast fence sitter, is going to think Biden won. Um, anybody who did watch it that didn't know in which direction they were going to vote is going to find the whole thing ridiculous and absurd. So this is where my take that 
the real winners of last night's debate are the liberty-loving community. Your average person is going to look at this, and they're going to see Trump as a bully, as an authoritarian, as uh, an autocrat, and they're going to see Biden as a pussy. And they're not going to want anything to do with either of these people. They're going to look at that and they're going to say, you know, I don't understand what that, what the fuck this is, but this does, this doesn't seem sound anything like the America I believe in. And they're going to check out. Even Frank Luntz has said that Anybody who watched last night's debate that was undecided has probably checked out and is not going to vote. And so that's a, a real opportunity in the absurdity and the petulance of the entire situation for the agorist community to spread free market, gray market, black market ideas, counter economics to the average milk toast fence sitter that was probably already, you know, uh, participating in some gray market activities prior to all of this nonsense without even thinking about the legalities or the politics of it. But it opens up the door for for us to show them that the choice isn't between Biden or Trump, but Biden, Trump, or the shade tree mechanic. And that our vote is for the shade tree mechanic. Our vote is for the everyday person just trying to survive while these people are trying to fight over who has the authority to lock us down and to stop us from growing our own independent businesses and our lifestyles. Who's, we don't need somebody in control of that. We need to take control of our own actions and your average milk toast fence sitter who's uh, a blue collar guy just trying to make it just making it you know just barely making the bills this is the perfect opportunity to to push aside hustle and uh, counter economic ideas into their realm without getting too philosophical which is definitely kind of the way my mind is moving nowadays is to get out of the philosophy of counter-economics and agorism, anarchy, um, anarcho-capitalism, libertarianism. Get away from the philosophy and focus more on the actions and the skills and the things that we can do on an individual level that helps people within our communities and sets an example for those people 
to move forward in their lives and to follow a basic template of agorism in their own lives. And so it's, I'm taking, I've kind of, I've kind of found the, the, the aspect from the beginning of my podcast, whenever I was interviewing business owners and the transformation into the, the libertarian model podcast that I kind of became. And it was, it was all this discovery. It was all this attempt to discover this link between the two. And agorism has given me that, that tie together to where you want to take these entrepreneurial principles and apply them in your, in your personal life as you shape your own individuality into a life of liberty without the focus being on the politics um, and, and on all these things that we can't change. The, the focus must be on things we can change. And, and, and to watch that shit show from last night, all you can do is say, okay, what this does is this kind of creates in a lot of people's minds a distrust of the system. Like these are, this is our choice. We have to deal with one of these two guys in one of these ways. And I want nothing to do with either of them. And a lot of people are going to feel that way because, because, it's, they, because of the pettiness and the unlikability and just the inability to, to coherently you know, um, address any of these subjects in any way that made any sense whatsoever. Getting down, talking about the Proud Boys and Antifa, like people don't know what these things are. You're getting into the weeds of this, this culture battle, this culture war, and most people aren't involved in this shit. Most people don't care about this. Most people are going on about their business just trying to figure out how do I bypass all the bullshit regulations that are being put down upon us? How do I get around this lockdown and feed my family? And these guys had no answer. Trump did try to address the fact that he wants to open things back up. And Biden, and he pointed the finger at Biden successfully and said, you want to keep it closed. That may have spoken to some people, but if they watch the entirety of that fucking debate, they're going to be like, what the fuck are these guys on about? What the fuck is this bullshit? Oh, the, the voting system is going to be full of fraud? Are the president who has all these intelligence briefings and has all this access to all this information? Through, through the FBI and uh, DHS is saying that there's going to be massive amounts of fraud. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to bother. I guess I just got to take care of myself. 
it's not worth my time to to turn to the political system to try to find a solution for my problems. It's time for me to pull myself up by my bootstraps and figure it out on my own. And so this is a perfect opportunity to spread the idea of agorism and counter-economics, to spread the ideas of libertarianism. However, however we see fit in order to get into the mainstream psyche that, that incorporates the United States, that incorporates this country, and to become a more independent, individualist country, not so dependent on the politics, not so dependent on the, the left-right paradigm. To sit back and watch this false dichotomy fight it out as we create our own communities and build up our own lives outside of their outside of their influence and their spectrum. And so I think that that speaks volumes to the average person, the, the, the petty fighting interruptions, calling each other names, mudslinging tactics that had taken place last night during the debate is going to be an extremely large turnoff to those people that had not already made up their minds. Those people that are already full-throated pro-Trump or anti-Trump are going to be full-throated pro-Trump, anti-Trump. But the possibility is that we are going to see the lowest voter turnout in history because of the two candidates that are running, because of the way that they are approaching each other, and that people are seriously looking for solutions to their problems. And we have an opportunity to show these people that the solutions to their problems do not lie within this, this political you know, battle of red and blue. But it lies within their own authority over their own lives. That their own autonomy and their own Discipline, drive, and, and self-discovery is, is up to them. And that, that is what is going to make a real difference in their lives. Now, I, I did say this on Facebook the other day. 
But one of the things I'm looking at is I have I have just over probably eight. I don't know. I always say about eight and a half acres. I think it's closer to eight and a third acres. But potato, potato, right? It's it's enough land where I can do some stuff with. Now my property is extremely marshy. It's um, I don't get to mow a lot of my property on a very very regular basis. There's about an acre of land that I can keep mowed down for the most part. But other than that, it's extremely wet. So what I'm and and, and so I have issues at at periods growing different crops in order to self-sustain my my uh my vegetable intake which i love vegetables if you ask my wife she'd say we don't eat vegetables but it's not because i don't want to eat vegetables it's because she doesn't want to eat vegetables but i love vegetables so one of the things i'm looking at is behind my house there's a there's a pump shed that used to run to a pool and I have a tank in there. It's probably about a 500-gallon tank, <clears throat> fiberglass. So I'm going to knock down the walls and pull the roof off of this pump shed and turn it into a greenhouse. And then I'm going to I'm going to connect. I'm going I'm to create an aquaponics system within this greenhouse. And as I move forward with this project, which I, I expect it's going to take me a while to get it completely up and going the way I want it to, especially with winter coming and, um, you know, we'll be experiencing our first freeze probably towards the end of November. So I want to get as much of it done prior to that. But I want to, you know, allow I want to be be able to start stocking my pond with the catfish that I raise in my pump house in order to move those catfish into my in-ground pond which is about I don't know somewhere between a quarter and a half an acre and and I want to start allowing people like I want to charge people to come and fish on my property and then I would be able to sell them vegetables. I would also be able to set up another aquaponics system at a future point after we start making some money off of whether we're selling the catfish, selling the vegetables, you know, um, rent, not renting out space for camping, um, you know, um, allowing people to come fish on the property. And these different things, I want to start another aquaponic system in which I'm raising minnows. And, and, then, and th- then I would be able to sell the people their bait to catch the fish as well as the uh, fish themselves and their vegetables. So there's, there's a whole system that I want to put together. And in the process of creating this aquaponic system, I want to get to a point where I understand how the aquaponic systems work and then possibly advertise the installation of aquaponic systems onto other people's property in order for them to be able to grow their own vegetables and farm their own fish. You see what I'm saying? So in, 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 this, in this capacity, 
I could create a side income in which I start, you know, branching out and become completely independent in the process. But in order to do that, I have to take one step at a time. I have to learn a new skill. I have to hone that skill. It's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Okay. So, but as I begin to focus on this and I begin to move forward in this process, I can then either teach others how to do it, um, install systems into, you know, for other people, possibly even create an entire organization in which I can employ um, impoverished people in, in the area in which I live to come work in the, in, in an aquaponics like warehouse and, and they can farm fish and, and vegetables to be sold at local grocers, things like that, which was uh, something that had been shared with me by Tom Burton. So I, I appreciate the idea that he shared that with me. But things can grow from there. But it takes that little step. And encouraging people to take that little step, to get outside that box in which they live in and that they're so comfortable in is about finding why they want to get out of that box. What is, is their, what is their drive? What, what is their focus? What are their goals? Why do you want to do something different? And in finding that why, let's find something that's extremely important to you. Let's find several whys. Let's set out a, a list of goals for the next five years and begin to help you move towards that. But you have to find why. Do you want, um, do you want to be uh, free um, on uh, 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 financially free? Do you just want to be independent of of working for other people, which is kind of my thing? I don't. I love working. I hate working for other people. Um, do you do you lack drive? What what is it that would motivates you to get up and move outside of your comfort zone and, and, and to be able to stretch yourself and begin to move forward. And this is something we really need to focus on in the agorist community, not just on a philosophical level, but on an education level is helping people understand that that why is important and it's important to them for good reason. And that why is the reason and the only way they are going to move outside of this comfort zone and, and get beyond all the average distractions of the day, whether it's, whether it's too much time on social media. Well, if you're spending too much time on social media, you're probably not spending a whole lot of time being productive. And if you're not spending a whole lot of time being productive, you are not creating more liberty in your own life. So, so you should be spending that time instead of spending that time on social media, spend that time educating yourself on a new skill. Order you a couple of books. Order some books on marketing, on sales, on, on something, on, on carpentry, something that interests you, something that you're certain of that you could do and that you would be willing to do. 
something you're going to be doing anyway, try to figure out a way to make money at it. And that's up to us to encourage people to do these things and to move forward in these ways. But if you have something that you're doing on your own, why don't you double what you're doing and only and keep half of it and sell the other half or market the other half and, and create these side hustles, these, these, these income streams from beside, from next to you. If you have, let's say you have four chickens on your yard and you're getting 18 eggs every two days. Are you eating 18 eggs every two days? Well, if not, what can you sell a carton of eggs for? Now, let's say you take that money and invest it in more chickens. So now you're getting 36 eggs every two days. Well, now you can sell more cartons of eggs. Now, I say you don't want that many chickens, but you wouldn't mind having a couple of goats. And so you start, you learn how to make cheese. And you start selling a homemade goat cheese. So there are lots of things you can do if you are interested, depending on what your interest is. If your interest is in websites, you can start designing people's websites for them. If your interest is reading, maybe market yourself as an editor. Come up with your own publishing plan and create a publishing website in which you can help people independently publish their books. Learn everything you can about publishing. There are so many different options with the internet today. So many things you can do for very little money with the technology that's available to us that the, the only use of this technology is not sitting on Facebook or Twitter arguing with arguing politics with people that are so cemented into their point of views that you wouldn't you couldn't beat the ideas out of their mind. So allow those people to have their political spectrum, start focusing your, your attention on those that don't care, like Quincy that was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He didn't care about politics. He gives a fuck less about these people. All he's worried about is, is getting fucking, is being independent. Setting himself up on a little piece of property. Maybe buying a truck one day. Maybe buying a few trucks one day. Having a little fleet. He's looking for independence. Those are the types of people that we should be seeking out and that we should be trying to attract to our podcasts. Because our podcasts are not intended, at least my podcast, is not aimed or focused on those people who just want to argue politics all day 
That has never been my idea. That has never been what I like to do. I like to talk history. I like to talk philosophy. Every once in a while, if I, you know, if I think something's important, I'll talk about it. But I don't like politics. I don't appre- I don't enjoy it. It's not fun. It's not interesting. It's a, it's a bunch of people fighting over who's going to have control of your life. But what gave them agency over your life? What gives them the right to choose? And we have to start encouraging people to choose for themselves. And that's who I thought won the debate. Now, I have like kind of like this idea... And it's kind of, it's something I've been thinking about for the last few days. Because I see all these political posts. And I said something the other day. And I said, well, you know, part of me hopes that Trump wins. Because the left, the Democrats are so crazy at this particular point in time. That if Trump gets reelected and the Republicans keep the Senate. That it is possible that we begin to see secessionism being talked about on a, as, a, as, as a normal talking point as a, on a regular basis. You'll see places like California start talking about, well, we got to get out of this shit. You'll start seeing New York or some of these blue states talking about seceding. But then I was thinking about it even further than that. And I was like, well, what happens if Biden wins? And I think that the conservatives, at least the hardcore Trump supporters, have so bought into this color revolution idea that conservative media is pushing it's the only way I can explain why they're still pushing it as hard as they're pushing it. I think they've bought into that color revolution idea, hook, line, and sinker, that those that decide that a response, a violent response, is not a legitimate response, will be seeking out avenues to exit the system on an individual basis. And they will be seeking out more of the agorist style and more of the counter-economic style. Printing their own guns manufacturing their own ammunition buying ghost gunners to CDC to mill 80% lowers and that their idea of constitutionalism will lead them to a more liberty-minded direction due to the perception of 
the fraud ongoing by the Democratic Party. That they will consciously or subconsciously fall back into a more classical liberal ideology in their own minds and for their own lives. And they won't have such an aggressive authoritarian streak to them, at least for the next four to eight years, depending on how long uh, Harris-Biden ticket lasts. That's right. Harris-Biden, that is. And if uh, Harris takes over during Biden's first term, she could actually run two times after that. And you could be looking at a solid 12 years of Democratic rule pushing those more constitutional-minded conservatives that we see as bootlicking authoritarians today into a more independent, individually-oriented state of mind looking for an escape from the system that they feel has cheated them out of rule over others. So that's also a possibility. It's just a little bit, you know, of uh, just kind of thinking out loud here in, in what we're, we'd be looking at. But the real thing is that no matter who these people are, no matter where they stood a week ago or five days ago, even yesterday, prior to the debates, if you have the opportunity of expanding their mind into a more counter-economic free market direction, it isn't a bad idea to sit down and, and explain it to them in an honest way that our goal is not necessarily to evangelize. It is not to force our points of view, our vision of society onto all 330 million people in the country, but it is to shape our own lives in such a way that we are comfortable and that we are living the life that we see fit with the amount of freedom that we desire. And that those that choose not to be free, those that do choose security over liberty, are no threat to us as long as they leave us alone and allow us to live our lives peacefully and unconstrained. And that's really what most of us want. We just want to live our lives. We don't want to be bothered. The only reason I pay any attention to politics is because uh, these people affect me. Whether it's in my job or in my personal life, they can affect me. 
make it to where they can't affect me, and I wouldn't even know the name of the president. I wouldn't care. It wouldn't bother me one bit. I wouldn't know who the governor of my state was. I wouldn't know who my state legislature was. I wouldn't know any of these people. It wouldn't matter to me at all. Because honestly, at heart, I'm really apolitical. I'm really just like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I think you're all a bunch of fucking authoritarians. I think you're all a bunch of fucking idiots. And I think all y'all want to do is use force to make people live the way you want to live. And if the country ever got... And if the country ever got to a position to where there would be the ability to live my life without the constant coercion or inclusion or not inclusion intervention I guess is the word I'm looking for into my life from the political class I wouldn't give a fuck about these people let me keep the fruits of my labor quit trying to fucking take things from me, quit trying to regulate me, quit trying to monitor me, quit trying to spy on me, leave me the fuck alone. I don't give a shit about you. I just don't. I don't give a fuck about you. So I think, circling back, I think that there is an opportunity and that that opportunity stands to be taken advantage of by those of us who have platforms, as minor as some might be, present company, um, and I think that this is a perfect opportunity for us to advocate for people to take more control over their lives, and that they're going to be looking for opportunities and ways to gain more control over their lives. So, I feel like I rambled a bit, but I think you got my point. I hope y'all enjoyed this, and if the sound just got fucked up over the last few minutes, I apologize. Some fucking telemarketer was calling me, and they call me every fucking day, and it pisses me the fuck off. So, I'm sorry guys, if the sound got fucked up, there's not really much I can do about it. Um, I'll chat with y'all later. Y'all have a good one. Late.